it's been hella long since we recorded. Yeah, man. I mean, it's legitimately last time you and I recorded was the first day of shelter in place for the Bay Area. No, but, it was uh we we were one we were like three weeks in. The, I think the oh, last was it time three we weeks recorded. In? Oh, oh, that's the last yeah. time we recorded. Because the the first day was when we had uh Dennis and Art. Oh, right, right, right. And then we recorded one other time. Okay. Which is about three weeks after. Okay. See, and, I don't remember. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. we we talked about Animal Crossing, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was when the kids actually still had some sort of routine. Kind of, kind of, kind of, yeah. It's funny because we're, we're home more now, but then it's also harder to record now. Oh, I know, dude. It's like... The energy it takes to get him to brush his teeth and lie down and fall asleep. Like the past three nights, I feel like it's been like an hour and a half almost each night that I'm lying on the floor waiting for him to go to sleep. Yeah, man. But that's already after 30 minutes or 40 minutes or 50 minutes of, if not just um, the regular kind of like um, tooth pulling in terms of getting stuff done for bedtime routine. Yeah. it was like straight up like a very tense household of, um, you know, a three-year-old who's like belligerent and then parents that are just like trying hard to like be serious and intense, but not raise their voices. And it's just like, ugh. I was thinking, asking parents like, when was the first time you actually use a cuss word towards your child? Not in a demeaning, um, insulting way. <laughs> Just the exclamate, like just a, a a word of emphasis, <laughs> and one did it did it feel cathartic? <laughs> and yeah, did, did for that sure. Fe- at the moment, did it feel like the world? Uh well, that they actually knew what I was being that was being said because yeah. I <laughs> I'm pretty sure I cursed when they woke me up in the middle of the night. When they were very young. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've cussed in front of Malcolm, but it's usually because when I'm driving and I um, accidentally do it, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't cuss at him. Yeah. Although, yeah, yeah. At sometimes I feel like using the term ass to like move your ass now to as a point of emphasis, but I haven't done that. <laughs> I always go like, what are you doing? But, you know, in my head, there's always, what are you fucking doing? Yeah. Or what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I've had I've, I've I've had the F word running in my head a lot this week because yeah. <laughs> like brushing teeth shouldn't be this freaking hard. Yeah, I'm definitely not seeing as many uh, parenting hacks anymore. Yeah, yeah everyone's just giving up. <laughs> <laughs> or they're just like, "Fuck it, dude. We're, we did the same shit last week. I'm not gonna take another picture of it." It melts together. I mean, we have it a little easier in the daytime because his daycare opened up. Um, Yeah, actually, I wanted to ask about that. How how's how's everything going? It's good. Um, For the most part, let's see. We went back in mid May, 
And so it's been a month and a half. And for the month and a half, for the most, most of the part, I mean, most part, there's only been three or four kids there total. Okay. And they've all been all the same kids, but for just one week and a couple of days, there was a, an additional three kids and they were all either existing or past, um, uh, uh, students or whatever that went to that school, uh, their brothers, um, because they're moving. So that was their last time they're, they're, they're going to be there. So, oh, but otherwise okay. it's been just four. Now it's just four. So it's, it's, it's good because it's consistent in terms of the people that's there. And then for the most part, I think everyone is, um, being smart and cautious as much as they can, even though, you know, we have some, some our friends are doctors so that they have a little bit more potential to be exposed to anything, but one of them's doing mostly telehealth stuff. Um, so it's been good. It's shorter, shorter time. I've been able to do a lot more work in the daytime. Hung has been able to do a lot more work, um, with less of a headache and Malcolm is much more stimulated there. Um, for sure. You know, mentally, emotionally i think he's learned you know he's he has opportunities to go through the the range of emotions and be accountable to them whereas with us it's like you know if he pushes we push back and he pushes he pushes back um in terms of like the the annoyance being annoyed with each other or yeah his voices or intense voices and stuff was there a or how much concern did you have with regard to the virus mm-hmm. uh, when you were making your decision? We knew was, uh, there's a like there's a level of risk there. Um, I thought that once, I mean, we we see the surges now, which is not a surprise at all, right? But right early on, when the daycare was still open we had them there for maybe a couple of days you know that first week yeah and then we decided to bring them in because we're just like we just don't know right we just don't know what is happening and then by the time mid may came around knowing that the daycare was taking a lot of extra precautions um like what were they doing they were cleaning a lot more. They they had masks. Um, they they ended up getting three different boxes or four different boxes. How many different boxes they needed of toys? So each kid had their own toy. Oh, um, okay, okay. Or toys, their own toy box. Um, they did more of their because it's summer. They're doing more of their stuff outside. So okay. they're eating lunch outside. The kids are really good with um, following along in terms of rules about like not sharing food and not bringing in toys from home. So, you know, as long as um, the parents are making healthy decisions. I mean, for for Tess and I, that was the biggest thing. Like we knew we could probably trust the the center right mm-hmm. yeah. or the school and the daycare but the one thing that we weren't sure is how seriously the parents 
Yeah. The other parents are going to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we did have a, a kind of a scare last week because he had a fever. Oh wow! On Monday um, evening, because he was fine in the morning, and then you know, like we were, we did all our bedtime things, and then uh, I checked his temperature when we were going to bed because his face looked flush, mm-hmm. and it turned out he had a hundred one degree fever. Um, which you know, at three years old, it's not necessarily the worst fever you can yeah. get. Um, Especially with him, because I know that he's he gets pretty sick. Yeah, he gets you know sick fairly. Yeah, fairly often. Yeah, like he always has upper respiratory. Right. There was nothing else going on. There was no coughing. I was trying. I was maintaining. um, I was like observing how he was breathing and stuff. He had he's he had a stuffy nose for like two, three, four weeks. (laughs) Not stuffy, but somewhat kind of congested. Like yeah. so, okay. when he's like lying down, you could hear like a buzz. That's like Ellis forever. Yeah, always. So, but the fever wouldn't break, and then we're like, at some point, we're like, should we tell the doctor? And I'm like, yeah, we probably should tell. So the doctor just said, let's just be safe and let's get him a test, a COVID test. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for and that happened last Friday, because uh, that was the earliest test we could get. Um, fortunately, his fever actually broke thursday night officially mm-hmm. but we still got the test just to make sure and he he came up negative and we were pretty confident that nothing was that he didn't have anything because he had no other symptoms um, yeah although we don't know because the worst part about this virus is um other than the how horrible it is is that the symptoms are all all over the place right and people don't have symptoms and it's still have it, whatever. Yeah. Tess and I were thinking about enrolling uh, Ellis back at the daycare that he was because it was mm-hmm. opening up because it's phase two now or pretty soon. So we had some discussions and we were like, you know, it would be nice because we want him to get a little bit more stimulated uh, because he's not getting that at home as much, you know, not only will there be that stimulation, but like you said, we can get work done easier, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Even though I'm not super busy right now, but Tess is, yeah. and Tess has to go to work now. Um, and we just kept thinking about it and, you know, he has, he was scheduled to come back in after the holiday, after July 4th. Mm-hmm. So we were getting kind of trying to get him mentally ready. Right. Yeah. And we were like, okay, you're going to go back to school. And we knew that that transition was going to be a little bit more difficult. And we were worried about it because we can't, the parents can't walk him into his classroom anymore. Mm-hmm. We would yeah. have to drop him off in the lobby and then a teacher would come who might not even be his old teacher. Right. Because we're because the uh the school is isn't letting everyone else in yet. It's only a certain amount of families mm-hmm. uh that can actually be in there. So we're like, oh shoot, he's you know, he's 
we knew that he had struggled in the past with uh, the drop-offs. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we were like, is this the right thing? And then we were like, you know, well, he's going ha- to have to go back at some point. Like, it's not like this is, this process is going to change. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. it's going to be for a while until vaccines come out or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then we, I think, I can't remember if Tess mentioned something where, like, someone in her lab got sick. Mm-hmm. And I think she was like, wait a minute, you know, is is it is it worth it to to put that at risk? Because you know, like, yeah. grandma lives downstairs. She's older. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so we're just kind of like, is it is it a risk? And Tess was saying, it's like, well, it's not like it's just us in the house, right? Yeah, we have other people to consider. And I was telling Tess too. I was like, hey, look, I'm not super busy. I'm not really sure what my work is going to look like moving forward. Um, you know, I can, I can do a lot of the, uh, you know, caregiving during Mm -hmm. the, you know, while, while she's at work or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, it was tough because we were thinking about the risks. We were also thinking about what Ellis was going to be missing out on. And, we were also like, well, we got to go back sometime, right? Like, yeah, we might as well start it now when it's uh, it's going to be a limited number of kids. We're like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And and I think we just decided like, okay, maybe, maybe not mm-hmm. uh, for him right now because we were going to go, we, we were going to be like, okay, well, it's going to be five days, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know, Ginny started her gymnastics uh, again this week, and we were worried about that too, because we're like, okay, well, we don't know what the parents are going to do, right? Yeah. And we're like, it would be nice if Ginny would could do something a little bit more athletic, because right now, you know, she's FaceTiming Karina, and they're playing Minecraft, which is great, you know, because they're, they're, they're hanging out yeah. and... Especially it's, you know, like her first, her summer after kindergarten, right? Yeah, yeah. And so anyway, we decided that like, okay, well, let's try it first. See what it's like. And that gym did a really, really good job with what their preparation was or their their process. So what they did, the gym was they did two separate entrances Mm -hmm. or actually one entrance and one exit. So at each door, there are thermometers mounted to the walls where everyone gets, there's a hand-washing station outside. Yeah. So everybody before they, uh, before the kids go in, washes their hands, they have to wear masks Mm -hmm. and then they get their temperature checked. Um, and then they go in and then they have to bring like hand sanitizer, their own water bottle uh, and all that stuff. And then they uh, wash their hands before they leave through a different exit. Mm-hmm. And the parents can't even be in there. Like before 
there was like a viewing area where it's like bleachers and little plastic chairs where the parents can just like hang out and watch their kids or whatever. Yeah. They are not allowing any parents in there. Uh, but they did set up cameras at the different stations and they're like, okay, download this app. Mm. You can you can watch from wherever you are, but sorry, you can't come in. Uh, so I was pretty impressed with what they did and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is, this is cool and we're just going to keep going. And, yeah. you know, thankfully we live in an area where people are like super respectful about wearing masks and it's not like Texas and Florida and Arizona yep. where like people's personal freedoms are getting violated or whatever, right? Like you and Tess said or had discussed, I mean, at some point you have to make some decisions about taking that involves some kind of risk, you know? Yeah, for sure. And for definitely we could have made, we could have been a lot more cautious and everything. A lot of things that we decided to do throughout the quarantine or throughout this whole process, just even knowing or not knowing too much. Like now, you know, you're, you're comfortable like with surfaces and with takeout food and, um, yeah, Amazon boxes or whatever. Like, there's really like res- no risk at all. Yeah, but like uh, two months ago, yeah, we didn't we, know. Did, we didn't know any of that, right? So, yeah. which is probably why, or which is definitely why people were just like, "All right, stay at home. We'll yeah. wait for more information, and then once we get more, we'll start making these decisions." And There's a, a lot of stuff that's happened since we last re- recorded. <sighs> yeah, dude. The last month was pretty rough. Yeah. Like emotionally, mentally, and especially when you have to stay home and just kind of consume all of that. Yeah. Uh, it was actually really weird for me because you know, before the George Floyd and before all the protests, I was like, you know what? I'm done with Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just too, you know, not that my feed is like super toxic or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, some stuff will come up and I'm like, all right, I'm, I should probably just like, you know, delete. Yeah. Delete my account or whatever, you know, I've definitely gone through stages where I'm like, okay, I'm going to delete off my phone and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. I know I can check it once or twice a day once I'm on my laptop or whatever, right? And that was fine. But for some reason, I was glued to Twitter at the very beginning um, just to, especially during the protests, mm-hmm. just because like I wanted to see what people were experiencing. Yeah. Uh, And I also wanted to see if the media would cover it and how they covered it. You know? Shitty? um, (laughs) Shittily? Well, for sure. But, you know, the, you know, you'd see a post, you'd see a video, and then it would show up 
until two days later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you know, I, all the disinformation stuff too. I follow uh, one of my old coworkers from Hulu. He's now works for NBC News as a journalist, hmm. and he is basically on the internet and disinformation beat. Mm. You know, so it was really interesting to see all the reports of like, um, you're like, oh, this one, this McDonald's is burning because of this protest, and it's like, you know, yeah. he would he would share like. Oh, actually, this is a uh, McDonald's from like two years ago. Yeah, not related. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it was kind of interesting to just kind of see, kind of how people are gaslit by like really like fake news, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I think those late May and the first two weeks of June, I could not focus no. at all. Like. No. It was like frustrating. It was emotionally draining. I mean, I I was I am in a kind of a Telegram group chat with some of my old high school friends, mm-hmm. and that was that was lit. Actually, yeah. um, lots of things being discussed, and. Uh, lots of also raw raw emotions yeah um and you know that was kind of a way for me to help process for hung and i I think we kind of live in that world a little bit more for Um, sure not just because we live in oakland but just because of the type of i mean that's the work you guys are doing the work that we do and just um you know like our our engagement with social issues um, I remember when Trayvon Martin um, got killed, and for me, when I reflect on all, all this stuff, is like that stuff hits the hardest. Is when I think about like the young people, because part partially just not as a dad so much, but because that's who I've worked with. Is like any of the young people I've worked with could have easily been that, whether they were um, right. black or not, because they were just um, part of like who was going to be profiled and be targeted, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then what's hitting me hardest right now is um, reading what Elijah uh, McLean went through. Oh yeah, before man. he died, like right. those specific words he was saying. Um, I know he was twenty three, but you know um, he's still a baby at twenty three. You know he looks yep. so young, he's so innocent. Um, and thinking about that, like as just a p- human and someone who's worked with young people who has affinity towards um, uh, youth development, but also like as a father thinking about like these kids um, right? that, that don't get to, and Tamir Rice, they, they don't get to live as young kids just because other people are freaking calling the cops on them. Right. And then, you know, then the cops doing the things to them, you know? So yeah, I just been a. Uh, I, I I ended up um, drawing a portrait of Elijah McLean this, today, um, which I think was not, is not the greatest portrait, but <laughs> but it kind of gets there. Right. I, I felt I felt the need <laughs> to do something creative around it. Yeah. And so with Malcolm, you know, we purposefully 
have bought books that represented and shown lots of different faces and lots of different things and also like real things. Right. The book that I bought at the Filipino story time from um oh, oh so yeah. I went back the next month because we yeah, were, I remember. And so um we bought the um author's two books and both of them I like, but the one of them I, I like a lot more is the newer one, um, called Jack and Algue. And basically the premise is that this kid um you know, likes reading these books, children's books, but then he ended up coloring them brown because he's he's brown, right? And then um, he got in trouble because he's coloring in a library book. And then, um, so then his mom told him a fairy tale about Agu, which is a Filipino fairy tale, I guess. I don't know. Um, and it's, a, it, that, that was a, it's a, it's a cute book. It's a fun book. It's also like cool because there's like um, just Filipino words in there. Yeah. It's drawn really well. But the ones that kind of resonate with him the most are the series called um, Ordinary People by, I think that's what it is, by Brad Meltzer, who is a mystery thriller kind of writer. And it's drawn by a comic book artist. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they're both white men. So, like, I I have, I like, I love his... um, books even though some of them aren't written the best i just (laughs) enjoy them and he's coming from a good place but there's also a different lens you know obviously so anyway at least malcolm understands that racism exists because like we're reading books about mlk we read a book about um jackie robinson rosa parks so we we were talking to him about what was going on and trying to process it we we actually drove down Mm -hmm. we we drove in downtown because we were both curious what it looked like yeah but we were explaining to him like what's happening because he saw he saw he saw a, a a mural of George Floyd's face and he's like what who is that and then mm-hmm. so Hung was explaining it um, and so you know we're we're still figuring out ways to how how to process it with him as a three year old but he he definitely recognizes color regardless of what's going on because mm-hmm. then he, there's times when he's like oh I wanna um, What's that book about with the with the brown one with the black one? Oh, okay. And then we we didn't know like what are you saying? And then we kind of realized oh it's about the oh it's that that person is a darker skinned person. Mm. Um, we also say like Malcolm, you're brown like Daddy, and Mommy's yellow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like he recognizes that too because I want him to recognize that you know you do have darker skin. Daddy has darker skin, and um, I love it. I love having the skin color that I have. You know, yeah. I love I love being in the sun and being hella dark. We talked to him about it. We, the The depth of it, you know, we have to kind of like simplify it, even though it's not that simple. You know, yeah, we can't <laughs> we can't go deep into like the the systematic like. Well, see, the police system is a blah blah blah. And <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Ever since you know pre uh before this country even existed kind of thing um, let's watch la 92 it's yeah. on netflix right now <laughs> yeah so we're not trying and to then, traumatize and then him. we're gonna watch 13th and uh yeah well you know what's funny is that so at his daycare the three kids that have been there that kind of were the last three standing before the daycare closed were um the asian like three asian kids mm-hmm. there's other asian kids but there were three of them um and 
coming back, it was three of them again. And then the fourth kid that came back is white, right? So, you know, like with the kids, they any little thing is going to throw off their balance and it could kind of, you know, is the reason why they're hesitant to do things, right? You know, right? Mm-hmm. And so when that kid came back, came into the into play, we noticed that Malcolm was fighting it a little bit more about going to school. Mm-hmm. And so we would like say, oh, did you play with this? Did you play with that? And then he said, like, we just noticed like, oh, I w-. he doesn't play with the other kid. The other one's a really like a baby, so I understand. But this one, he's not, he's younger, but not like he could run around. He could talk a little bit. And then I was telling him, I'm like, do you think he doesn't want to talk to him because he's scared of him because he's white? Right. <laughs> because, you know, like when we say like, oh, something bad happened to George Floyd. Right. There were um, white people who were racist, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so we were talking about that. And she's like, maybe we should think about like, you know, look into it. I'm like, you know what? Honestly, there's like the reality of our world. Empathy with white people is not like at a deficit, right? Yeah. He's surrounded with white people all the time. There's um, white families there. There's one one of our daycare person's um, best friends is always there. He loves her. So it's, you know, like we're just like, no, that can't be it because it's like TV shows. Like he loves the Wildcrats. Um, but we had to ask ourselves that. Has uh, your Animal Crossing experience, um, since it's a whole family thing, mm-hmm. has does it say anything about your parenting? Probably, <laughs> but I'll have to think about it. <laughs> Well, there's always the idea that we are Wait, how how do I answer this actually? Well, I'll just keep it real. We're probably spoiling our kids because <laughs> they're just like, "Oh, I don't have any bells." Like, "Oh, that's fine. I'll give you some." Or right. "Don't worry, just go um just go shake one of the the bell trees. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like literally money grows on trees. Yes. Um, that's not a lesson <laughs> that they should pick up. But Instant gratification too. Yeah, for sure. Although, you know, in the beginning they were like, oh, I want this item. I was like, no, but you, it's going to come tomorrow. Or yeah. Oh, I got my new room. I was like, no, it's, it's going to come tomorrow. And it took them like a few days to realize that you know they got to wait mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we Well, I mean with Ginny it's one thing. With Ellis, does he even understand what earning means? Like the concept of earning? Yeah, but he we call it grinding. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, so he's like, oh, well, I want to buy that. It's like, well, okay, go grind. And the, the well, I will say that one thing that he's learning right now mm-hmm. is the, his inventory. 
because you know he'll pick up something like oh my pockets are full yeah like okay well you got to get rid of something or drop something and we can relate that to whenever he wants to download a new game on his ipad Mm -hmm. like the storage is already full right of just all these random games yeah so then he's like oh i can't download it because my i have to delete an app so i'm like okay well which app are you going to delete he's like and i had to explain to him that hey it's just like your pockets in Animal Crossing, yeah. right? Like you want to pick up an item, but you can't because your pockets are full. So you have to drop an item and it's like the app. You have to delete an app. So he he gets that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, inventory management is uh, something he's going <laughs> to learn very early on. Uh, Malk, I, I want... I. He doesn't have he didn't have too many bells, but a lot of the things that he does is just mostly just running around and um it's pretty cute. He actually just runs around, digs up stuff, digs up flowers and puts them other places. This week he's uh he ex- expressed to me that the flowers that he ha- he has his flowers mm-hmm. and those are the flowers that are in front of his house, like the area in front of his house. Yeah. Not within the fence of his house, but like all the stuff in that part of the island. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just likes to drop whatever fish or bugs he got into like random places. And he, he, he identifies it as, and I found out this week that he, he recognized it. He said, it's the P. It's the word that starts with P. I'm like, oh, oh. place. Yeah. Like, oh, good yeah. job. Good job. But in terms of earning, uh, he doesn't understand that concept yet because even like with, I mean, he were kind of doing it a little bit more now. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Hung set up a, a chart for him to, if he brushed and got ready for bed or did whatever, like his regular routine without um, complaining or w- without it being a chore, right. then he'd get a sticker. And then if he get he could earn his way up to... To, to seven stickers and he would get a book. Hmm. But initially what we were trying to do was have him sleep on his own for 21 days or 21 stickers. And then he'd earn a toy. But he didn't really want to do that. And I was also thinking maybe he doesn't get the concept because it's the first time we had him kind of do that um specific kind of earning experience yeah even though we've done it in the past like especially during the beginning of or the first month and a half of um quarantine where we we are trying to break up the day and say okay malcolm if you do this and you do this and you do this then you could play some games at the end of the day so that part he knows like kind of like that micro thing but like in terms of waiting for something and having to do things to build up to it. He's getting that a little bit, but I don't think he would get it in the game yet. It's funny because the beginning of it, when I was playing it, and you know, like, you know, when you're playing, it's it's a kid's game, obviously, but then the, there's so many intricacies and you, you, spend in, you, get, you spend so much time in the game that you get caught up in it into your yeah, own island. For sure. That you get very specific, picky about your, your stuff, right? Um. 
And then, like, in retrospect, it's like, it doesn't matter if, you know, like, we joked before that uh, both of our three-year-olds ended up buying these expensive um, items earlier in the game when we didn't have as many of the, the resources, the Nook Miles. Right. And, like, they just bought it, and it could be annoying, but then in the real, it's not real money, whatever, right? Um <laughs> But like when he was like, what? There's one time he he straight up grabbed some of the stuff around the island because I'm not paying attention. Yeah, I'm like, dude, where the heck is this stuff? I'm getting kind of um, frustrated with him. Then like, I'm being a dick. <laughs> yeah, Tess. Tess was like, she was trying to do some kind of do a layout of the island, and uh, you know terraforming and adding paths and making it look really really nice yeah and then jenny will be like you know what i'm gonna do a pitting zoo and then she'll do something and it just ruins <laughs> tessa's plan <laughs> and and then she'd be like hey man can i just move to your island <laughs> I... so, did she no she didn't i don't think she can with the way that we're playing uh because we only have one game. Yeah. So. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. And then Ellis is just randomly like, I want to make a waterfall or I want to make some cliffs. So then just some random cliffs are just going to show up randomly. And he won't, he, he won't even finish it. Yeah. But, you know, he's three and a half. So mm-hmm. not unexpected. <laughs> Yeah, Malcolm likes to. Um, he sometimes he's like, "I want to use your controller. I want to use your controller." And I'm like, "Why do you want to use my controller?" I know why he wants to use a controller because he knows that um, I have. He he doesn't know it's terraforming, but he knows that I have the tools or the menu that can oh, mess yeah. with stuff. Yeah, because I've haven't taught him how to use it um, because I just don't really feel like spending the time fixing. <laughs> Like items, it doesn't really matter. Flowers, whatever. But like the whole thing that Alice does with ter- terraforming and having to spend the time to redo that stuff, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I don't want to deal with that. Like, fortunately, most of the, most of the things he likes to do is just run around, go to the museum, dig up flowers, and that's it, really. And then run around in circles, either going to my house or his house. Same with Ellis. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was times when I just had to remind myself to be patient and not be a dick about a, a, a Nintendo Switch game. A stupid video game. Yeah, yeah a stupid video game. I, I am kind of weaning myself off of Animal Crossing to just to ingest some other, yeah. uh, other types of entertainment, you know, trying to watch more Netflix, watch some more movies and audiobooks and oh cool. Yeah, so I'm just trying to diversify my yeah, uh, content ingestion <laughs> right now. Yeah. Cuz Animal Crossing was like it was it for was it? a long <laughs> time, dude. It was a obsessive um time an all-consuming thing. 
yeah. which is and hella fun. I I know you've mentioned this before, but like when you're like into a game, you're like really into it. Yeah. And I'm like, you weren't fucking lying, dude. No. <laughs> no. Like I'm uh you know, I, I'm seeing like it, maybe Tess is grinding or something. Um and then I I'll see like you pop on. I was like, damn, hell late. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is my this is my wheelhouse of, of like um ultimate like alone time that's true well i shouldn't say alone time ultimate consume whatever stupid things i want to consume time (laughs) and i love how i mean we've mentioned this before but like i love how chill it is man you're just like yeah you know just sit back in a chair let that that smooth yeah like Smooth horns and <laughs> it's funny because you know we were texting with our 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 you know he was on the podcast when we first got into quarantine and uh, way back when too. Um, he just his family just got the switch and then so they're a f- like maybe a month and a half behind <laughs> if yeah. they're playing regular as regularly as we were right yeah um, and you know he's like saying. I just like to fish. And I was just like, I remember oh. when I used to say that. <laughs> same, same, dude. Sam's like, oh, man. The simpler days that. before we found like Reddit where people are building freaking castles. I was um, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> before, before I got into like breeding flowers. Yeah, which I think I'm going to, I'm turning off, although I finally got a purple pansy. Finally. Oh. Nice. I only have one purple uh, windflower. Yeah. That took forever to get. I have, yeah. I don't have a purple. Um, I have purple mums, purple, one purple pansy, one purple tulip. I have black I, tulips like crazy. They're just growing everywhere now. Yeah, I know, dude. Like, I think for me, all I need is the blue rose. And the green mum. Oh, I got the green mum. I think I got the what? green mum today. Oh, nice. There's been two days of rain. See, this is what happens. You know, we're like, oh, Animal Crossing, we're kind of over it. And then we kind of geek out about like <laughs> yeah, these little things. I realized... I haven't really listened to many podcasts. I've legitimately only listened to maybe like three podcast episodes since Shelter in Place. Oh, really? Well, that's probably because you're not commuting or mm-hmm. anything like that, right? Yep. And then, you know, being at home with the kids and then doing work and then like Malcolm, you know, like it's, it, um, I don't actually like doing work while listening to podcasts because if i'm like typing stuff then i'm like either missing the podcast or i'm not typing because i'm Same. listening to the podcast and also i cut myself off from wrestling pretty much um early on during uh shelter in place why because animal crossing no i could well, watch actually, i could, could watch could wrestling watch, yeah, during animal crossing i was just kind of like you know wwe's always been a dirty like <laughs> There, there's a lot of things that they do in terms of like wor- the world that I have like 
value-wise, I'm completely like not cool with. But then right. it's one of those things where it's like, yes, I also shop at Target, and like it's one of those like you have to compartmentalize these things, right? But like once all the COVID stuff was happening, that fool um, finagled with his Republican homies to get them classified as an essential business, right? Right. So that they could continue running their business or filming stuff in Florida. Um, and then they also like released a bunch of wrestlers cause they couldn't pay them, which is part of the business, but they released maybe five to eight wrestlers that had been wanting to get out of their contracts for the past year. And then mm-hmm. they s- decided to release them when they can't, they, it's like really hard for most of them to get an actual job because other like independent wrestling uh, companies can't hire them, right? Right. I'm like, that's totally fucked up, right? It was actually after WrestleMania. I stopped my subscription to D- WWE Network. I put that money into CBS All Access, even though I've stopped watching some of that stuff recently. So since I wasn't listening to, I wasn't watching wrestling, that pretty much took out like three to, f- three to five hours of podcasts that I would religiously listen to. Um... And then there's the NBA ones with nothing's happening. So I'm like, I don't really want to listen to this. So it just got to this point where it's like, oh, I'm not listening to podcasts, even though I, I totally want to. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been biking and... Um, oh, the other post I was going to put on Facebook that had nothing to do with parenting, I was going to say, it was a nice time when extra large actually used to be extra, but or extra large shirts actually used to be extra. Oh, <laughs> Um, so I'm starting to walk more and bike more <laughs> and eat better. But you know, that mad rush of the first month where you're like, your whole body's kind of going through like what the hell's going on. Um, and then drinking a lot of beer and stuff. Um, and eating a lot of sourdough cause Hung has been baking sourdough right throughout. Um, but even when I'm biking and walking, I've been opting to listen to music um, because I'm not compelled to listen to some of the podcasts because it, like some of the ones that are like um, tracking the week of whether it's like sports or um, even like so- certain social issues it's kind of like one I'm kind of tired right and, you know, I need a break because I'm inundated with that stuff when I'm online and I'm commenting and or not maybe commenting on people's stuff but then reading things yeah just reading reading yeah so yeah i've been listening to more music though like new stuff or old stuff uh a mix so i was listening to run the jewels the fourth album a lot yeah i've talked about Run the jewels before um i listened to some um, a lot more public enemy (laughs) throughout the last two and a half months actually last two weeks (laughs) Yeah, I think over the last few months, I was, uh, I threw on my playlist of, it was like, kind of like late 90s and uh, mid-aughts, like uh, alternative Mm -hmm. stuff that I remember listening to a lot when I was a lot more creative. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was kind of like, 
nice to hear those songs and kind of bring me back to, oh yeah, I remember listening to this album when I was, you know, doing a lot of, when I was volunteering at that, um, at Bindlestiff Studio, that mm-hmm. Filipino and Filipino American theater, yeah, community theater. And it was just kind of nice to, I guess, teleport myself back to those days and just, it's like, man, I was uh, working full time and, you mm-hmm. know, driving into the city and spending two, three hours there just to kind of be creative and with other creative people. So it was kind of nice. Yeah. Did you, uh, while listening to it, were you, were there creative juices flowing in terms of ideas? Not so much, but, you know, before shutdown happened, uh, especially in January and February, I was trying to do a little bit more writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so once lockdown happened, it was just like, could not carve out any time to just continue to work on it. So I think there was probably a subconscious feeling for me to be like, all right, well, let's start ramping back up and and see if I'm going to be motivated and inspired enough to actually carve out some time mm-hmm. to continue working, you know? Um, well, especially when we were discussing Ellis going back. We're like, okay, cool. That means I might have to, I might be able to carve out some time during the day to actually like shut the door and not be bothered for a little while. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I think it works uh, in terms of getting myself into that mindset is trying to play like the, this, those those songs or those albums again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I did the the National Novel Writing Month thing. Like I completed it once, right? Okay. So every November there's um nanoremo.org that encourages people to write oh, fuck shit. Uh, I forgot how many birds um for the whole month as a novel. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so I actually hunkered down and did it one year. But then it's really funny because I I would listen to different kinds of music over that month, right? So significantly for a bit, maybe half of the month, I was listening to um, the Beatles, mm-hmm. um, and then other times I was listening to hip hop. And it's funny, like, could you <laughs> tell in your writing? Yes, what, <laughs> <laughs> totally could tell. Um, nice. None of it was good writing, but like I could totally tell that, like, oh, I wrote this when I was um, listening to Wu Tang. <laughs> There's no sports. I'm not really watching a lot of contemporary. Actually, no, that's not true. I'm I'm still watching the challenge and alone. Those are like and naked and Is afraid. That the Netflix. Excel. Huh? The Netflix show Alone? No, Alone oh, is no. A, another survival show, but it's on History Channel. Oh, um, oh, I think there might be some episodes on Netflix. Okay. That Maybe. Hulu. Or Hulu, Hulu. 
Oh, Hulu. Okay. Yeah, the got first it. two seasons, I think. Um, Should I watch that? Dude, it's... Okay, well, the premise is... Um, people are basically... They legitimately are alone. They have been given the fam the camera camera gear the filming gear right and yeah. they are it's so you know like if you've ever seen survivor man um, yeah 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 how he just filmed all of his own stuff um right basically they are out there filming their whole thing and so the post-production on this is like crazy right because <laughs> there's like 24 hours times 10 participants per day oh, right man. um but now it's they cut through a lot of other things because like you know it's, they've seen it. But like for me, it's the most compelling um, sur- survival sur- show. Survival show because because um, all it is them in their own heads, um, and also it's less like stupid shit. Like you know, I watch Naked and Afraid a lot, but then I that's kind of like my filler for survival stuff. Um, because they essentially just put people together to hopefully that they fight. And then that's the, the premise. Exactly. Of like, yeah. And then they happen to be, you know, trying to get food and they're starving or whatever. Um, getting bit by mosquitoes. Mis- yeah. Yeah. yeah bugs. Yeah. So yeah, it fills a need, right? It fills a gap. I real I noticed it last week because alone this season just started three weeks ago. So I watched that first episode, and then the next thing I watched was um, a Naked Afraid episode, and just like I felt so like um, grossed out by the Naked Afraid because it wasn't even like it was a totally different place mentally. Anyway, right? I would suggest you watch it because then I think it's the most compelling in terms of um, any kind of show like that because like I, of what I said, and it really is like it's so introspective. Um, hmm. All right, I'm in. Have you watched uh, Mindy Kaling's show, the uh, Never Have I Ever, on Netflix? Yeah, we we watched that. Have you seen High Fidelity on Hulu? Not yet. I've been wanting. It's pretty to. good. Was... Uh, well, I mean, I can't speak for the entire series, but I remember Tess watching it. Like, I think she watched all of it in a day, mm-hmm. and then I came in towards maybe the last four episodes and I was like, oh. I mean I really liked High Fidelity the yeah the film. Mm-hmm. And I think they did a really good job kind of adapting it. Um there's definitely some gender switching with mm-hmm. the characters mm-hmm. and uh it's pretty pretty good. There's also another I was getting super getting into like teen stuff. Mm-hmm. Um like uh, the half of it. Did you see what? Did you watch the half of it? This the uh, Alice Wu film on Netflix. I watched most of it, and then Hoon ended up finishing it on her own because I went to go. Yeah, it's something to do. Lie down with Malcolm, I think. Yeah, that yeah. it's good. And then I watched Never Have I Ever, and then and then there's another one on Hulu called Normal People, mm. which is uh, I think it's Irish. Mm. And another teen thing, like jock and kind of like rebellious, uh, not nerd, but like someone who's smarter than, that knows that she's smarter than everyone else. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, I haven't really finished that yet, but I was pretty compelled by the first three episodes. Jock? Probably we'll get back to that. Or normal people. Oh, no, normal people. Normal okay. people. Okay. The the story is he's one okay. one dude's like a rugby player, oh, and okay. the other character is the the girl who's smart knows that she's smarter than everyone else. Yeah. And it's, also, um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's uh, basically penis, but P E N one five on Hulu. Yeah, that's a sci-fi show. No, no, I think oh, it's that's just a teen a, drama, a teen comedy, teen comedy. Well, junior high comedy, huh. and the premi- the the setup is that it's these two thirty-year-old. Uh, like early 30s actresses who play uh eighth graders or seventh graders mm-hmm. um with makeup and and stuff like that but they're the only adult actors the rest of them are <laughs> are kids yeah. so it's it's actually pre- like a pretty funny concept and i haven't really watch too many episodes but i'm into it yeah uh so malcolm is into comic books now um oh nice where actually i'm reading him comic books and he wants to read them um and that's been fun although some of the comic books that i initially was reading were hella long (laughs) but what i've been reading him a lot the past two weeks are books by greg pack he's um Korean American, and he's he's been writing comic books for a long time, um, successful and like you know one of the big names. Yeah, but he you know he intentionally throws in um, diversity into his books, right? So we already have two of his books, his children's books that he put on Kickstarter or he that he uh, published through Kickstarter. Um, so that was a little draw just to to make. Um, that I connected to Malcolm last, earlier this week or last week. And then, but then we, we've been reading um, some of his uh, Hulk books, which is, um, has a character called Amadeus Cho, who's, who became the Hulk. I don't know how, but he's Korean, totally right. different character than Bruce Banner. Uh, and then Malcolm is into that now. And then there's a, he wrote this kind of mini series where there's all these like Asian, Asian American, pan Asian superheroes, including the Filipino one. And so he was into that cause he likes Amadeus Cho. And then, um, that's cool. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, it's cool to, for him to at least see Asian faces or brown faces. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. On behalf of John, I just want to thank everyone for your listenership. If you haven't already, we would very much appreciate a rating and a review on the podcast player of your choice. And if you don't already follow us, we are at Pod on all of the socials. All right, guys, check you out next time. Peace.